This is the Jay Doherty Podcast. And now, broadcasting live from downtown Chicago, here's your host, Jay Doherty. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. Broadcasting live right now, it is 2.02 right now in Chicago on Wednesday, January 30th, 2019. And it is just the, the uh, little my, my little weather thermometer here. Turned down to negative 13 degrees right now, and it's almost, it's below negative 25 with wind chills, so freezing cold here, but unfortunately I'm in the warm heat of my studio to bring you this show. Um, So there's a lot to talk about, tons of stuff that's happened in the news, especially within the early weeks, or early days of the week. Talk about uh, how Trump, for some reason, called his intel chiefs naive. How he thinks we defeated ISIS. Why Matthew Whitaker, in my opinion, made a mistake revealing anything about the Mueller investigation. We'll give an update on Brexit and how he's, she's probably going to be, Theresa May is probably going to be uh, forced to reopen Brexit negotiations with Europe. We'll also talk about how uh, Chicago, where I'm broadcasting from, will get colder than Antarctica. That's a report that's coming out from the National Weather Service, and we'll also talk about some incredible and kind of crazy suggestions that the National Weather Service is making with all this stuff. It seems to be the top story, all this weather stuff, and uh, yeah, very interesting. Trump even commented on it and confused climate with weather for the 450th time. That and so much more is all coming up next on uh, episode number 66 of the Jade Doherty Podcast. Uh, Wednesday, January 30th, 2019, and we are broadcasting live, so just because it's so relevant, um, perhaps we'll start with uh, how Trump just continuously has contradicted all of what his intelligence chief said says, and then calls them naive and passive. Now, first of all, that's not true, I think he has it backwards, because first of all, he, and I was watching an interview with a congressman, I can't remember his name just because I'm thinking off it, right, thinking about it right off the top of my head, there was a congressman who said that Trump, uh, you know, bases his uh, facts off of his beliefs when, it, when you know, the intelligence chiefs base their, fa- or their beliefs off of facts. So he's backwards in that. And being backwards most of the time infers that you are naive and or passive, and he is backwards. He seems to oversimplify a lot of things, including this border wall, and I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but he seems to, you know, to tell his voters at a third grade level, and I talked about this on a previous episode, Trump won the election by speaking at a third grade level to his voters. He has two main talking points, maybe three. Drugs are pouring into this country. We need a wall to protect it. It's that simple. And that's what he won on, and that's what he is basing all of these, these, um, you know, convincing and persuasive efforts that he's making to Congress for funding for this border wall. Of course, it failed because we had a 35-day shutdown. Mick Mulvaney said that Trump is prepared to shut down the government again. I don't think he is on February 15th. I don't think he is. I don't think he wants to. I don't think anyone wants a shutdown. A shutdown does not benefit anyone. It only makes things worse. And he knows that very well. Although he says and I don't think this is true, that he's prepared to shut down the government again. 
I think either, and negotiations are continuing right now for the border wall. In fact, I believe I have a feed coming into the studio. Yeah, right now. Uh, let's see if we can get this here. Lawmakers are continuing to uh, negotiations on border security funds. Well, thank you. I've heard senators say. Uh, so they're that's what it sounds like right there. Uh, where negotiations are. It's a very small room, actually, where a couple of speakers from a committee who are discussing border security walls and they're um, opening negotiations to appropriate funds for the security on the southern border, of course, including the money for the suggested border wall advocated by Trump. So that's what's happening right now in Capitol Hill. Uh, it's not on the Senate floor or anything, but let's just talk about how the wall, how he oversimplifies this, and then we'll get to the uh, intelligence committees. And, you know, normally oversimplification can either be really good or really bad, and pretty much all the times that Trump has done it, not to his consequence, has been very bad. All the times. I mean, most of the time it's his fault, but still, the, the when he tries to oversimplify things, it ends up not being great. It ends up being great for his voters, but not great for the country, at least in my opinion. He says we need a wall, but we actually have, and what he's suggested in a formal report, it's not called a wall, it's called steel barrier or steel slats put in placed in high priority locations along the southern border near Texas. We already have 116 miles of what he is suggesting. He just wants another 230. And that's what the voters don't understand. They think we have nothing, and there's no borders, and he tells them through his propaganda, in the way that he speaks, in the way that he basically speaks as if he's a dictator, or even on his campaign, when he wasn't even in a public office, saying, we need walls, we need this, we, you know, our, like, it's literally, we don't have borders, we're just a country that is so unsecure. First of all, that is not true. We spend more on defense than any other country in the world. With over $600 billion in defense, we technically, if we went up against any three countries in the world, we could completely decimate them at any point in time. So, to say that we are unsecure and that we don't have borders, first of all, that's, uh, you know, in my opinion, a little bit offensive to the border agents and the people who come up with these policies. And, of course, I think we do have borders. I still think, of course, border security is incredibly important. And we need to secure our borders. But I think that, uh, you know, this wall is not the solution, and I think it's actually in 15 to 20 years, when all this, when new technology comes out, and, and, you know, of course, Trump has claimed that he's tech savvy, which, I mean, I think that was funny, I talked about that in another episode as well, when this new technology comes out that we don't even know about yet, because it's in the future, this wall will be outdated, it will be unnecessary, and it's going to be a waste of either $5.7 billion or $7 billion. If Trump does not get and does not achieve uh, successful negotiations, Republicans and Democrats on Capitol Hill to do appropriate funding for this wall, he will most likely declare a national emergency, unrightfully in my opinion, because this is not a national emergency, and he will just get, he'll get $7 billion for the wall, which is $7 billion too much for me, in my opinion. All right, so that was my little oversimplification rant. Uh, he did the same thing with with issues like very important issues, actually more important in, than the border wall. He said that, and let me I pulled up this or I made this little sheet here where he uh, talks about the um, 
things that are important. So here it is. Um, this is what he, he com- completely disagrees and basically contradicts his intelligence officials on. ISIS, North Korea, Iran, uh, climate change, of course, and also Russia, of course, uh, obviously Russia, obviously, uh, you know, Russia, we don't even need to explain, but Trump says on uh, December 19th about ISIS that he would um, pull, that, that the U.S. troops would withdraw from Syria. Obviously, after this, James Mattis, who's the Secretary of Defense, resigned due to, um, basically, he stated you know, very cordially uh, disagreements about, you know, fundamental disagreements about policy. Uh, and then on Twitter, he actually said that we have won against ISIS, we've beaten them, and we've beaten them badly, we've taken back the land, and now it is time for our troops to come back home. That is incredibly false, and in, 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 you, know, you can even look on public video records that are displayed uh, you know, on the internet and on other, so many other places, that... that there is still an incredibly ongoing threat against ISIS and against democracy or against America through ISIS on the basis that they do not want democracy to exist, and that's even a similar threat from Russia. Although ISIS is because they're you know historically have been so radical in their thinking and destructive in their thinking, it is more likely that they are a larger threat. In fact, the intelligence officials saying on Tuesday that ISIS is intent on resurging and still commands thousands of fighters in Iraq and Syria. So, it is certainly a huge problem, but Trump, for some strange reason, doesn't think that it is a problem, although it clearly is. This is what he said from Twitter on December 19th in a statement to the nation. Sorry, I just want to push my fader up there. This is what he said on December 19th in an address that he made outside of the White House on Twitter. We have won against ISIS. We've beaten them, and we've beaten them badly. And then... The intel chiefs say this. ISIS is intent on resurging and still commands thousands of fighters in Iraq and Syria. Chairman Kim, we have a great chemistry, and we're well on our way. You know, we signed an agreement. It said we will begin the immediate denuclearization. North Korea will seek to retain its WMD capabilities and is unlikely to completely give up its nuclear weapons and production capabilities. I have uh, President Putin. Uh, He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. Not only have the Russians uh, continued to do it in 2018, but we've seen indication that they're continuing to adapt their model. We cannot prevent an Iranian nuclear bomb under the decaying and rotten structure of the current agreement. We do not believe Iran is currently undertaking activities we judge necessary to produce a nuclear device. So, that's what, and those are on obviously a multitude of issues, but he literally, everything he says about these incredibly important issues is contradicted directly by the Director of National Intelligence, Dan Coats, who you saw predominantly speaking within those clips. And also, you heard Christopher Wray, who's the um, uh, Director of the FBI now, that has been, now that James Comey, Andrew McCabe, and all these other people have been fired. So, he can't just say this, and then, you know, after all these, all these tweets, especially about North Korea, he calls his intelligence officials naive, naive, and passive, and he's, as I said in the beginning, he's basing his beliefs He's basing his facts off of beliefs and the national intelligence uh, 
you know, operatives and, and community members are basing their beliefs off of facts. And and just to prove, and I think the the Russia Helsinki clip that was um, outlined in that video that I just played, where Trump says, let's see if I have the clip right here. Trump says this. I have uh, President Putin. Uh, he just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. Not only- so that's that's what he says. And that in that is the definition of naive. When you have two global superpowers that have historically had incredibly like large amounts of fights, uh, large amounts of threats, even looking back in the Cold War, looking at the Stalin era, all this stuff, they have made threats, they have done things, there's a year and a half long investigation that's cost millions of dollars to investigate this superpower uh, and their potentially destructive capabilities to democracy and the American entity, and then to talk to him in a an hour meeting and conclude that he did nothing wrong just because he told you he did nothing wrong, that is being naive. That is taking what you see at face value and then just totally using that as a platform for your decision-making, not looking at the facts. To go Trump's way and simplify this, it would be like, uh, I don't know, let, let me try and figure out an example. It would be like, um, I, let's see this, I, okay, this is what it would be like. If, if someone robbed a bank, and I was the, uh, you know, the sheriff of the town, and I asked the bank robber if he robbed the bank. He said no. And I believed him that he said no. Then that would be, that's basically what Trump's doing, only with two global superpowers that have billions of dollars in, uh, you know, economies, defense, markets, and uh, both of them have incredible power. That's literally what Trump did. Now, to give him credit, and I think he was whipped into shape by these intelligence officials, or at least someone on his administration, he corrected himself, saying that it was actually a double negative, and I even talked about this uh, like a long time ago, when he corrected himself when he got back, and he said, I was actually trying to use a double negative, I should have said, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia, but I don't, th- I think he was, I think he truly believed at that moment when he was standing in, on the podium next to Putin in Helsinki, that he was definitely, <laughs> he, he was, he was serious. I don't think, I, I think he was whipped into shape by his staff, his chief, you know, maybe it was John Kelly, maybe it was intelligence officials, I don't know. But he was told, you know, pretty strictly that th- this is not the case and you're just, you know, basically lying to everyone. So, I don't know, that's, that's just, that's my little uh, take on that. But really, I mean, it's concerning that he doesn't think that we have a threat from ISIS. Technically, we do have a, th- well, actually, definitely, we do have a threat, uh, you know, against ISIS. Now, actually, his um, Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, who obviously replaced Rex Tillerson, said, it should not go unnoticed that we've also defeated ISIS in uh uh, in Syria and Iraq, alongside more than six dozen nations in the global coalition to defeat ISIS, he said that uh, in a, in the World Economic Forum, which was uh, delivered to everyone by satellite. He also said, though, that there is a lot more work to do, and um, he also went on to basically just say that there is more work to do. But 
he, Trump himself, says and continues to say that Trump, that, that, that the United States has defeated ISIS. And in the Worldwide Threat Assessment, which is an archived document for national security purposes that is done every year, released by Dan Coates, who you heard talking in the video, he says that ISIS will seek to exploit Sunni grievances, so, uh, societal instability, and stretched security forces to regain territory in Iraq and Syria in the long term. He also said uh, directly to Senate Intelligence Committee members on Tuesday that ISIS has returned its guerrilla warfare roots and will continue to pluck plot attacks, and direct its supporters worldwide. One of those um, receiving ends of the potential attacks would be on America, or at least residents of America. He also said that um, the ISIS group, you know, he clearly stated throughout many remarks that they still have a very dominating presence in Iraq and in Syria, so there is no reason that Trump should have pulled these troops out of Syria. Which, and I know this story, I talked about it in an article written on the Doherty Files, which you can find at j-doherty.com slash news. Uh, the president in Afghanistan, this is kind of an unrelated issue, but I figured I'd bring it up, why not? Uh, the president of Afghanistan said that they want to, and I think this was in an effort to make him a little bit more uh, famous, <laughs> uh, at least from what I saw, he wants to establish direct communications with the Taliban again, or, I mean, he wants to establish direct communication with the Taliban, meaning that if they, you know, declare a ceasefire for a period of time, which is supposedly what the president of Afghanistan wants to do, uh, his name is Ashraf Ghani, he says that the United States, and Trump agrees with this, and so do um, some national intelligence officials, they say that there is, you know, if, if they form a ceasefire agreement, there's no reason for the United States to be involved in anything having to do with Afghanistan, which would allow more troops to be back here in the United States and also save the United States military a lot of money. So, yeah, those are the issues in terms of actual national security. How about the things that we cannot control at all? Climate change. He has said so many times that climate change was a hoax, but then he backed off in six, at 60 Minutes in October saying that something's happening, but it's not caused by human activity, and it could definitely reverse. First of all, why would he ever say that? And what facts is he basing that off? And then, he says... Okay, this is this is really crazy, and I think it's, I don't know if it's a joke, I don't know if he's serious. He says, in the beautiful Midwest, windshield temperatures are reaching minus 60 degrees, the coldest ever recorded. In coming days, it uh, it's expected to get even colder. People can't last outside even for minutes. What the hell is going on with global warming? Please come back fast, we need you. So, <laughs> why, okay, he still, and continues to do this, this is the basis for his, his confusion and basically his addiction to being contrary to what everyone believes, including his, you know, the, the United States government, he has said uh, that the, the, he, he continues to confuse climate and weather. They're very different things, and to simplify it, like he, you know, really does, weather is you know, a passing. You go to the you go to weather.com to learn the weather. You go to climate.gov to learn about the climate. They're two different things. Weather is a 
10-day, like a forecast, basically, for what's going to be coming up so you know for your convenience how you're going to go certain places. Climate is the look in the long term, what things have happened, and basing that off of, basing your analysis, or basing predictions off of the analysis of what has happened and what could potentially happen in the future, and what's already happening right now. So climate change and global warming, as many, 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 many Democrats and Republicans, <laughs> they've acknowledged its existence, and Trump has not for some reason, mostly based off of the fact be, uh, that he doesn't know anything about it. In fact, uh, climate hazards such as extreme weather, higher temperatures, droughts, floods, wildfires, storms, sea level rises, soil degradation, uh, and acidifying oceans are intensifying, threatening infrastructure, health, and water, and food security. That's a quote from the assessment um, that was just released by Dan Coates and the National uh, Security Administration, or not the National Security Administration, the Director of National Security's Office. It also goes on to say that irreversible damage to ecosystems and habitats will undermine the economic benefits they provide, worsened by air, soil, water, and marine pollution. So it is certainly existence, existent. So to conclude, we'll start with um, ISIS. Trump said that we defeated ISIS uh, on Tuesday. ISIS, it was reported by... Uh, Mr. Coates, that ISIS is intent on resurging and still commands thousands of fighters in Iraq and Syria. He testified that under oath in front of the national or in front of the intelligence committee. Trump said on June thirteenth on Twitter, he said there is no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea because when I met with him in, in Singapore, he said we're not you know we're not going to nuke us. That's another example of he, why he is naive, not his intelligence officials. He's taking everything at face value. So he's saying because he met with the enemy and the enemy says we're not going to do anything to you, that they're not going to do anything to us. The intelligence officials actually look at the facts and say in this report that we currently assess uh, North Korea, that North Korea will seek to retain its WMD capabilities and is unlikely to completely give up its nuclear weapons and production capability because its leaders uh, ultimately view nuclear weapons as critical to regime survival. He also said, at, and I quote this from the hearing, that the assessment is bolstered by observation of some activity that is inconsistent with full denuclearization. Um, so that's also kind of relevant in the scheme of things. Looking at Iran, Trump said that we are that that the United States is uh, withdrawing from the nuclear deal, and he argued that remaining in the 2015 agreement, which was made obviously in 2015, would uh, lead to a nuclear arms race in the Middle East. From the diplomatic room in the White House, Trump said that it is clear to me that we cannot prevent an Irani Iranian nuclear bomb under the decaying and rotten structure of the current agreement, and it is defective at its core. I played that in that video clip as well. Directly contrary to that, the intelligence officials say, We do not believe Iran is currently undertaking the eight key activities we judge necessary to produce a nuclear device. He also goes on to say, While we do not believe Iran is currently undertaking the key activities we judge necessary to produce a nuclear device, Iranian officials have publicly threatened to push the boundaries of a GCPOA restrictions uh, that have been placed if Iran does not gain the tangible financial benefits it is expected from the deal. 
Uh, and just to point out, there was a lot of senator uh, questions from senators that were really good. I actually thought, but more actually on the Republican side, uh, the Republicans asked, and even independents uh, like Angus King and others asked great questions. And I encourage you to watch the full testimony uh, online. And then finally, as I, t- I just talked about, climate change. Trump says that it doesn't exist. Science says otherwise. And yeah. I don't know if it was a joke. I really don't. Um, what I do think is funny, though, in the tweet, he actually misspelled global warming. He called it global whamming. And, of course, that led to late-night comics making fun of him, saying that uh, spelling is actually extra credit for this president. So, yeah. That's what's happening there. Um... I mean, let's see, what else is there to talk about? Obviously, the Brexit uh, thing is very... Oh, oh, I forgot about this. Matthew Whitaker, this is... uh, I only have about four minutes and uh, 50 seconds right now, but Matthew Whitaker has gone on and talked about the Russia investigation before he even took the place as acting attorney general. He actually said on a multitude of radio programs and things like that, um, he said a lot of stuff. He's actually on the Sean Hannity show, but before that, he said this. The left is trying to sow this, uh, this, this theory that essentially uh, Russians interfered with the U.S. election, which has been proven false. They did not have any impact in the election. Somehow, Russia and, and the Trump campaign uh, you know, sort of conspired to influence the election. I mean, it, 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 it's crazy. So that's what he said. You know, I mean, that, first of all, that's not true. And that was on March 3rd of 2017. He then went on the Sean Hannity show when he got some more credibility. Until we know all the facts, uh, I, I, to, to suggest that there's obstruction of justice here, I think is taking a, a, a reckless uh, step. This idea that there was some uh, collusion with Russian nationals and, and even Putin to uh, interfere and did interfere with the election, I think is just ludicrous uh, based on what we know at this point. That was two uh, months later on May 19th of 2017. There is no criminal case to be made on an obstruction of justice. I mean, we have, we have the star witness right now who has testified and cross-examined a little bit that, you know, quite frankly, uh, his story just doesn't rise to the level of the intent necessary on behalf of the president to even substantiate a criminal case. The pre- and the, Okay, so first of all, that's what he said. He was on a panel at CNN uh, in Washington when they were talking about uh, you know, the Mueller investigation. Um, and actually, David Axelrod was on the, that panel, who uh, worked very closely with President Obama and has a podcast now that's very popular on CNN. Uh, and he actually recorded this stinger for me. I'll, pl- I'll just play it right now. Uh, if I can get it. Oh, no, do I not? Oh, shoot, it's not in my key lab. Hold on, I'm going to pull it out. Um... Uh, give me one second, everyone in the live audience. I'm going to edit this out for the podcast, people. All right, I found it, and it's in mono. I didn't. President I don't, could. Oh, whoop, didn't mean to do that. I didn't uh, have time just because I'm on this little 30 minute thing here. I didn't have time to uh, edit it out and make it stereo. But this is when David Axelrod actually introduced my podcast. Hey, everybody! This is David Axelrod of the Axe Files podcast, and you're wait. What is what is your show called? The Jay Doherty podcast. And you're listening to the Jay Doherty podcast. See, that was pretty good, right? He actually, he redid it and said the 
the whole stinger, but <laughs> I, I thought it was cool. He did it, and he's obviously pretty, he's, he's pretty, uh, a big deal. I mean, he was a big deal, uh, then, but now he's really getting into the show business side of things, which is pretty awesome. He's done master class. He's in the master class. I know he has a weekly podcast on CNN. He's interviewed Barack Obama, people, tons of different anchors on CNN and other places, but Back to this Whitaker guy. Um, he was on the David Webb show at one point. He was again on CNN with Don Lemon. Um, uh, he he was on CNN Tonight again. I mean, he CNN had him on a lot. And now he's the acting attorney general. He seems to be more liberal. I don't know why Trump would even say that. Um, but let's take a look at what he said recently in his first press conference ever at the Department of Justice where he said that the Russia Mueller investigation is close to being completed. Is there anything that you've seen or read that gives you concern about special counsel Robert Mueller or his investigation? Right now, you know, the investigation is, uh, I think, uh, close to being completed, and I hope that we can get the report from Director Mueller as soon as we as possible. So that's what he said, and I don't know why that audio cut out there in the beginning. I'll try and play that again. He was sweating profusely through the whole thing. Like, he was really... Uh, I think he was nervous. It was first press conference. It was being directed and talked about throughout the nation. It was it's certainly very uh, uh, important and a very important point about national security. But let's just play that again so you can hear the full thing. Mueller or his investigation? Right now, you know, the investigation is, uh, I think, uh, close to being completed. And I hope that we can get the report from Director Mueller as soon as we as possible. All right, so I only have like 15 more seconds here, but uh, first of all, I don't think he was supposed to say that at all. I think Mueller's probably going to, I mean, because he's acting, acting attorney general, he's probably not fired or anything, or, you know, I, he was probably reprimanded a little bit, but I don't think the Department of, the, the Department of Justice really cares too much, mostly due to the fact that he's just acting as the attorney general for right now. And due to that fact, I think they just, they're just not caring at all. Uh, so, yeah. Um, you know, uh, obviously, if you don't know, William Barr, uh, who was nominated by the president, who actually seems like a very good candidate for attorney general, is most likely to be confirmed in the Senate, in Congress, and then he'll take over for Mr. Whitaker's position. If you want to learn more about this podcast episode in particular, go to the website j doherty.com. You can learn more about it. You can also learn more about Mr. Whitaker, the national inter- uh, the d- director of national security, Dan Coates, uh, Donald Trump, <laughs> and actually all of what Mr. Whitaker has said at the website j-dorty.com. I want to thank CBS, The Washington Post, CNN, WGN, so many other news networks that helped me put together this podcast, and also the Associated Press and so many other places for allowing me to uh, use their content, and also VNCM, which allows me to produce this wonderful music. And uh, everyone who uh, listens to the show, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back uh, tomorrow for the next show. And it looks like my music's fading out, so have a great day. I'll see ya. We'll be back tomorrow on Thursday, January 31st.